Welcome back to Let's Drive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, coming at you with another solo episode. I hope y'all are doing good and grand. I'm currently recording this a Thursday night. I'm about to start my work week because, you know, service industry, working, working on the weekends, and my days off this week were Wednesday, Thursday, so... Fortunately, it was cold here in Austin, so I found ways to amuse myself and get work done and did some baking and cleaning and chatting with friends, and it was grand and I loved it, but here we are and I'm wrapping up, you know, for the night and thought it'd be a great time to come on and record this episode. I actually uh, also (laughs) just did something semi-stupid, so I am one of those girls that cannot stand nails like I I can't stand having long nails because I use my hands all day long for cooking and baking and in the restaurant and I just can't stand having long nails because it feels like there's always shit under them right and in reality there is so my nails are always like short and kind of (laughs) grungy not grungy like I keep them clean but they're always short and like uneven cut like they just they do not look very traditionally feminine I'll say okay so tonight I was at my desk doing some work and I saw that I had nail polish that I got like months ago from this brand sitting on my desk and I thought, what if I painted my nails, right? Like I'm kind of going on a date tomorrow night. I've been feeling like more pulled towards my feminine energy. You know, I wear rings now, so I have more tension on my hands. And I was like, what if I just try to paint my nails? So I, <laughs> I tried to paint them. And a few things to note. One, I should not have chose the color red because my hands are already semi, my hands are already more red than most people's and per usual because of the cold and how dry they get from my job. So it kind of does not complement my hands at all. Second, also does not complement my nails because my short, grubby cut nails just do not, it, it kind of, highlights the uneven cut and how short and stubby my nails actually look and see the final one of course is that I am not good at painting nails so of course I got some nail polish on my actual fingers as well and now my hands look like a fucking 12 year old so I now need to find nail polish remover ASAP because I really don't want to go on my date with these nails although I know he wouldn't care I would care and it would be on my mind every single time I saw my nails. Tomorrow, every time I go to serve a customer or hand something off or I see my hands, I will be reminded about how much I do not like this and how I will never be a nail polish kind of gal. So, rant ramble aside, all the good vibes please that I get some nail polish and get this color off before tomorrow night. Anyway, (laughs) what an intro. If you're new, welcome. Uh, Let's Thrive is a place for open, candid, real-time, real-life conversations, whether with a guest or by myself, me, myself, and I. Uh, And I really just talk about, and or my guests and I talk about anything health, wellness related. I kind of have a 360 approach. So we look at mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, any aspect of life that contributes to your overall wellness. Like that's what 
I'm interested in and that's what I want to share. And so today's episode is actually quite aligned in lieu with this week of the month, not my period, week, but the week of the month that is NADA, National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Now I've shared about my experience with an eating disorder and disordered eating and my history with it for the past like, you know, I've been struggling with it for about 10, 11 years now and I've shared very openly about it on this podcast, on my Instagram, on other podcasts as well and in my real life as as well. If you've ever met me, I'm an open book on anything and everything. And this week I did do a few posts just in honor of honestly myself and the work I've done to recover. And while I'm still in the recovery process and I still have struggle days and struggle moments, which I'll be talking about today, I am very proud of how far I've come and I'm very proud of the people I've been able to connect with and resonate with and support in their own experiences as well. So today I wanted to share about my experience with just recovery overall, uh, diet trends I've gone through, health transitions, like my thoughts on the wellness world, diet culture, all of those things, because I had a very interesting experience moment come up the other day. Actually, I had two, and I can share them both because I I didn't really get to on Instagram much, but they were just very neat opportunities because they were both moments in which I had past thoughts and beliefs from my disordered eating days from diet culture pop up. And in one instance, I chose to choose the path towards recovery. And in one instance, I chose, and in the other instance, I chose to step back into almost a disordered mindset with it. And so I'll share both and then also dive into some of my experiences otherwise in the wellness world. So to start with the more positive one, or I guess just to give a little bit of back history in case you haven't been following along for a bit. As I mentioned before, I've had struggles with an eating an actual diagnosed eating disorder then just generalized disordered eating exercise addiction orthorexia diet culture body dysmorphia and so on just a long long battle that started when i was about 11 years old um you know it came from a place of immense grief and trauma almost a trauma response craving control and as a way for me to just be as quote-unquote healthy as possible which of course got skewed by the diet culture and the media around me and so I, I learned and thought as a child that being healthy meant what Pinterest and these magazines and health sites told me, which was losing weight and eating these foods and not those foods and doing cardio and having abs and essentially all the stereotypical aspects of health that we hear about, right? So that spiraled into my diagnosis of anorexia nervosa, rapid weight loss, becoming fixated on remaining as small as possible, and then developing into just years later of more easy to hide, easy to cover disordered eating habits, such as, you know, orthorexia and quote unquote clean eating and veganism and trends and things like that. And so in that time, during all those years, right up to today in the present moment, I've been exposed and privy to all sorts of trends and beliefs and lifestyle changes and the pressures of diet culture, as well as just the overall health and wellness field. I mean, I'm technically part of that, you know, through this podcast and Instagram. Thankfully, my viewpoints have changed and I've seen so many sides of it that I now know, for the most part, what works well for me 
and I am able for the most part to differentiate between my own thoughts and beliefs of what works for my body and what the media slash diet culture slash the wellness world is trying to shove down my throat. And it is great because I am in a place of active recovery, like the best recovery place I've been so far and self-awareness and healing that I, I can have my own 360 approach to wellness and I can share about all these aspects and facets of it without causing more harm to individuals and those of you listening, which is why I try to be so very mindful and intentional with the content I share and create and the guests I have on. So all that being said, there are still times, however, where I do have those old thoughts or habits or beliefs try to rise up and almost pull me back out of this recovery forward approach. And the two stories I have are great examples of this, right? So the first one being the more (laughs) positive outcome, I suppose. At work, I'm a fiend, like I am a lover of London Fog lattes. Coffee really upsets my stomach. And so like, not well for me. And so I love doing Earl Grey tea in the latte form instead. So imagine your typical latte, but instead of the amount of espresso you're having, you're instead having Earl Grey tea. So it's, you know... You still get a boost of caffeine, different flavor profile, and it just settles better for me. So I used to just kind of, you know, make it plain, sweeten it with honey. And then my friend Chris made this Earl Grey syrup. And it's essentially a simple syrup, which is regular white sugar. So not any of the like trendy health subs that I myself use, such as coconut sugar, cane sugar, just pure white granulated sugar water and then you know i believe he uses the earl gray steeped tea concentrate to make an earl gray infused essentially sugar water syrup this is something i would never ever ever have consumed in all my years of orthorexia and disordered eating because i just so so fully believed that white sugar was the devil and you know that i could only have natural sugars and blah 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 and thankfully i'm in a place of recovery now where i've been enjoying the simple syrup and this sugar addition to my drink for weeks, weeks now. However, the other day I was going to make mine and I was just sort of talking to myself and I was like, I I don't think I'm going to use the Earl Grey syrup today. And my friend Ryan was standing there behind the barista with me at work. We, We were in the barista bar section. So I was making my own, you know, little barista latte drink and I was preparing it all. And I, you know, I was saying that I don't think I'm going to use the Earl Grey syrup today. And he, you know, he's inquis- he's an inquisitive kid and he, he knows a bit of my story. And so he's like, why not? And I was like, uh, I don't know, you know, like, I just, I don't think I like, I think I might have even said, I don't think I need it today. And he's like, hmm, is there like, is there a reason for that? And I just sort of paused. And then I started to smile because he had caught me. And I knew very well where this conversation was going to go. And so, of course, I then admitted, actually, yeah, like there is, there is more to it. And I began to explain that, you know, in the past week or so, I've just been feeling off in my body and I've been having like some skin breakouts and, you know, a few other things. And it just so happened that this influencer that I really love, she does amazing work, but she does do like a seven-day sugar detox every now and then. And it's always triggering to me because I always think, oh, that's a good idea, like a little reset for the body. And while maybe that is a good idea for some, for me, I'm obviously not recovered enough to think that way. And so 
I had had that thought in my head. I had already subconsciously been cutting back on the amount of quote unquote sugar I have in my diet. And so the thought of adding sugar to a drink was just like out of the picture, like hard no for me. And so when he asked me that question, it became very clear to me that I had been subconsciously thinking, you know, that I didn't want the syrup or I shouldn't have the syrup. And so saying that out loud to him and really thinking through that kind of made me see how, you know, that was more so a thought and belief and habit and choice and action I would have make, you know, think uh, in a previous more disordered mindset. And for some people, this could be just like a normal, like, I don't know, one day you have syrup, one day you don't. But for me, and for any of you that have had disordered eating or an eating disorder, you'll know that these are the moments that can actually make you think a lot and they can actually have quite an impact on, on you in that moment. And so for me, I had two options, you know, choose to still write off the fact of like, well, I'm just not going to sweeten it today. Or I could admit that maybe my choice wasn't coming from the best place and maybe it was diet culture influenced and fear influenced, fear of adding sugar. And so I chose ultimately to make that step towards a recovery mindset, like one step forward. And I let myself sweeten the drink with the Earl Grey syrup. And it was so fucking good and I enjoyed it so much and it gave me the little energy and pep in my step and made me just feel happy. And you know what? That added sugar, the added calories, the added sweetness, whatever the fuck you want to think of it as, it did not change my body. No, no, believe it or not. Like my body did not change from that one instance. And I think that's the magic of making those decisions is realizing like the one night of pizza or the one night of drinking or the extra desserts or that whatever it is like no one thing is going to change your body. Just like not eating that, just like that one salad or whatever it is. Like your body and your life changes with like daily choices and daily actions. And while some could say and counter like, oh, well, choosing to not add sugar to your drink every day would change your body. Sure, maybe it would. But also guess what? Like I'm someone with a very addictive and extreme mindset. So for me, not adding sugar to my drink every day turn into me trying to not add sugar into anything of any day essentially trying to cut it out entirely because I can't do simple things (laughs) and some of you will relate and some of you probably won't but like that's how my brain works unfortunately and so I I can't be one of those people that just does that like I I instead just have to find my own sort of balance and what makes my body feel good And what keeps me mentally sane. And so that was a good feeling day that I chose that for myself. However, here's another example that didn't end in that same way. And so it was probably like a week or so before that moment. I had gone out to lunch with Chris. And it was one of my days off. It had been a rest day. Um, The night before I had gone out, you know, drinking with friends. And I was kind of feeling tired that day and a little sluggish and Like I said, it was a rest day, so I had chose to not really, like, work out that day. And I was just sort of, those days are always hard on me. They're always hard on me to not think, like, I have to eat a certain way to compensate for the night before or to compensate for not working out. And it's still something I'm actively working on. And so going out to lunch, even, 
you know, somewhere where I don't know exactly what the food is was all already like kind of a good sign for me. You know, I kind of was like, go Emily, you're doing it. So we get there and it's called Swedish Hill and they essentially make the most amazing homemade pastries and breads and you walk in and it just smells like the most amazing like full body experience of like fresh bread baking and butter and oh my god like thinking about it now makes me hungry and so I walk in and immediately I'm just like bread pastries carbohydrates I need but we start looking at the menu Chris kind of mentions getting a salad then I see they have salads and so then I see like oh I could make like an entire meal here without bread like I could just do a salad and then we're gonna get chicken to split Ooh, like the Brussels sprouts sound good and so we ultimately ordered like each a salad chicken to split and Brussels sprouts and that is actually it was fucking delicious it was so good I want to recreate the meal that's not the point the point is and this is what I made an Instagram post on in that moment I was craving bread I wanted bread and or a pastry or something of that matter. I wanted a carbohydrate. And instead, I saw that I could create a quote-unquote healthy meal and something that, you know, I thought would be better for me and that I didn't quote-unquote need the bread or the pastries. So we went with it. And it was delicious. But at the end of the meal, I, I was still hungry. And I thought about that bread all fucking day long. All day long. And that's how I knew that I had in that moment let myself down in terms of recovery because I let my still present sometimes fear of eating regular gluten-filled bread keep me from getting one because I thought, oh, I went out drinking the night before. I'm not working out. I'm going on a date this week. I really shouldn't eat something that's not gluten-free and I shouldn't eat an excess of bread and pastry or whatever it was. And I'm just being honest with you here. I'm just sharing my honest thoughts, right? And there are some days where I wouldn't have had those thoughts at all and I would have just got the bread and pastry. But this was a day where I was already struggling with my body and with thoughts and stuff. And so I just, I instead chose to ignore it. And it's like two weeks later and I'm still waiting for the day I can get back to that Swedish Hill restaurant and get myself that bread and pastry because that's how much I still crave it and want it. And so it feels good to now know that next time I go back, I am getting the goods. But it's also kind of like, okay, well, self-reflection. I kind of let myself down in that moment, but, you know, we learned from it, we reflected, and I knew I had made the wrong choice in terms of food the moment that I, you know, left there. So that's, that's neat at least. And I think part of what I want to get with all of this is that like I don't know these moments right if they had happened a few, you know one year ago two years ago three four five six years ago they would have just happened and I would have automatically gone with the diet culture quote-unquote health ed disordered eating related action Because when you are in those worlds, it is consuming. It is what you think about. It is how you act. It is what you believe. And most of the time, you're not stopping to question or really think or have that awareness. So back then, I would have just automatically did no syrup, wouldn't have questioned it, would have probably found myself spiraling into like a quote-unquote sugar-free diet trend for a couple weeks before I eventually binged and then spiraled more and repeat. And I would have 
never even thought about letting myself get bread or a pastry at that restaurant. And I wouldn't have thought about it afterwards. And I would never let myself feel that craving for those goods because I just would automatically write that as not an option for me. And that's how I lived for so many years. And I'm sure some of you, maybe some of you are living that now or you have in the past where you were just acting on such deep-rooted habit and belief and thought related to, you know, just this world of diet culture and disordered eating. And so for me now, like, yeah, it sucks that I still have these thoughts and moments, but like growth, like the growth is amazing to me. Like the fact that I, when these moments come up, I'm able to stop and be aware and know what is happening and then still let myself choose whatever direction I take. Like that is powerful. One days, some days, you know, I'm strong and I feel good and I do make the recovery forward choice, like adding the syrup. And other days I'm already feeling like I'm struggling and I might not be in the best mental, emotional state. And so I do let myself fall back into a comfortable, habitual routine of the more diet culture, disordered eating thought. But no matter what, either way I go, I am aware of what's happening and I am able to reflect on it afterwards and I am able to learn and grow from it. And that to me is what recovery is. It is a process. You have highs, you have lows, but no matter what, it's just like you just keep going and you learn and you grow and day by day, challenges may come up and things may throw you off course and things may propel you, but no matter what, day by day, like you are changing and growing and choosing a different path for yourself. And that is just what I'm so passionate about sharing and why I continue to share about these honest moments and struggles and highs and all of it because that is all part of the process and I think it also goes to say that maybe some of you listening probably not if you're listening to this podcast to be honest but I do know that there are people out there that can have a completely neutral non-attached relationship to health one that's not restrictive or obsessive or fear-based but I also know and I I have realized and found out over time that more often than not there are people like me people maybe like you listening people that have this interest in health and wellness but have also in that interest found all the noise and all the pressure of diet culture in the media and so suddenly this interest in health can very quickly without realizing turn into much more than just an interest you know it's less about just making sure we get sleep and nourishing our bodies and movement and the general staples of wellness and it morphs and it it shifts and it spirals and it morphs into the nitty-gritty details that make health and wellness into diet culture that make it feel obsessive or extreme or addictive or fear-based It becomes about eating very specific foods and then avoiding very specific foods. And then it goes even deeper, more than just those food and food groups, down to the the very ingredients of what to eat or not to eat. And so now it's not just about going from regular whole milk to oat milk to specific oat milk brands. Now it's about what ingredient specifically is in the oat milk that apparently is going to kill you. (laughs) right and I I'm not saying this to piss anybody off because I know there are people with specific health diagnoses specific allergens whatever it is that make that sometimes make your life about in avoiding those specific foods food groups or ingredients 
but I am talking to the general people, the general people like me and maybe like you, where this, like this nitty gritty, the obsessive, addictive, extreme feel of health and wellness is not all that healthy for us, right? And going back to that nitty gritty part, it's about less about the movement and more about the exact types of workouts to burn X, Y, Z and the amount of time required and the exact look of what a quote unquote fit body is. It's no longer about how we feel in our bodies, but about how we look in our bodies to the outside world, about having abs or definition or no fat. Well, guess what? That's not realistic or attainable for probably 99% of us. <laughs> I am, I know for a fact, active and fit and healthy in my body for who I am, but I still have a, you know, a little bit of a stomach pudge and I have loose skin and I'm not, my muscles aren't defined and you won't look at me and think of me as the stereotypical fit girl, but I, I am active and I am fit and I am healthy for me. But this nitty-gritty diet culture-ridden world of wellness takes that away. You know, it becomes about the brands and the products and the looks that everyone else has or that we aspire and strive to be for. And the list goes on. It becomes less about, it's the flip switch. It's that transition from casual interest in health or wellness for you as an individual and it spirals into something much more. And that doesn't, I'm not saying that it is a full-blown eating disorder. It doesn't mean you look any one way or do these specific things. It's different for everyone. But I think at the end of the day, understanding and taking time to realize about how you think and act and feel around these aspects of health is so important. Because maybe the world we live in and the way you feel about health has become a little bit blah and obsessive or addictive or fear-based or any of these other ways I've been describing. I've been there. I've, I'm still there at times, right? Those moments I share, I still have those times. But I am now in this place of recovery where I want to find freedom from that narrow-focused approach. I want to feel good moving my body in any way and not feel guilt for resting or for doing a low-impact or a dance workout. I want to enjoy whatever foods <laughs> sound good to me and trust my hunger cues without feeling guilt or fear around certain foods or ingredients. And I want to feel good in my body and not correlate my self-worth every single day to how I wake up and think I look in the mirror. I just want to feel good physically and mentally and emotionally for my unique self, for my body. And stop giving a shit about what the world and diet culture and the media says I should do or should look like or should be to be considered, quote unquote, healthy. No trend, no diet, no generic wellness hack is going to work for me if I don't listen to what my body and its cues actually want and need as my individual, unique, beautifully chaotic self. <laughs> and like I... Oh, I just, I don't know. I just get so passionate about this because I have all of you in my community. I have people in my personal life that I see struggling through these exact same things. And I just want to shake us all and help us all get through it and find that freedom to live just like full and free from it. And I mean, I was going to go a bit more into like specific trends and diet things I had tried in the past and how they worked for me. But honestly, like I think I spent a bit too long on all these other parts that I'm passionate about. But just as I've mentioned, like those other nitty gritty things, I think it's also important, like I'll throw in these two quick examples. I've tried every single health trend hack 
whatever you want to call it, that has ever been created in the past 10 years. And the two that really like fucked me up most were intermittent fasting and veganism. Because at the end of the day, I, I knew all the facts. I knew what the benefits were for the body or for the planner or for the animals. And I tried them and I tried to make them work for my body, but both ended up fucking with me so badly. Intermittent fasting screwed over my hormones, screwed over my hunger cues. I realized it was just another way to control when I ate and how I ate and was my way of thinking I could lose weight. So it took time to unlearn those time constraints, but I'm so happy I did because now I can eat late and I can stay out late. And I can wake up early and eat breakfast before I'm necessarily hungry because I know I need fuel before work. And with veganism, I knew I I love animals and I love the earth. And I so wish that I could survive without eating animal-based products, but I can't. I tried it. I tried it for one, two years, starting with vegetarianism, moving into veganism. And it, it destroyed my body to the point where I was so constipated so unbelievably sick i was almost hospitalized and i then realized even the b12 supplements i continued to take were making me lose hair my body doesn't metabolize it but it took me so long of just trying to force myself into something realizing i was using as another way to control and restrict my food to realize like i just i can't do this my body isn't meant for it and it took me time to integrate meat back into my diet but like i did and I've never felt better, and my hormones are stabilized, and so needless to say, those two examples on top of everything else I've been going on and on about is to remind you of a few key points. Drop the labels and find what works for you. Stop trying to fit into the latest aesthetic or try the latest trend or follow what you see your favorite influencer doing and listen to your actual body Stop running and distracting and just jumping onto the next bandwagon and doing anything you can to change yourself. If you want to change and you don't feel comfortable with yourself or your body, fine. Like that's natural. Good. Change is growth. But don't just blindly follow in the footsteps of others. Like find what works for you by experimenting, but by also being aware right? Like you can experiment with any of these trends and diet things we've been talking about. You want to go dairy-free? Fine. Grain-free? Fine. Sugar-free? Okay. You want to try intermittent fasting? If you want to. Veganism? Sure. But please, please, I beg you, be aware. Don't just do it because. Don't just do it because you think it's going to change your body. Try it. See how you react do blood tests if you need to. I don't know, but just like, please be aware and conscious of the choices you make, how it affects your body and how you are feeling. I wish we could all just find our own way to health and wellness without falling into trends and diet culture and media and all of that. But I unfortunately know that this is the world we live in. And so I just hope that if nothing else, this episode inspires you A, to stay away from those if you can, (laughs) but B, if you do find yourself feeling pulled into them or curious or experimenting, just please be aware. Set a time limit. Tell yourself you'll try it for this long and see how your body feels. I don't know. Do whatever you have to do, but check in with yourself. Check in with your body. Change things up. If you feel yourself feeling obsessive or restrictive or addicted or fearful around certain things, stop. 
question it, journal it out, phone a friend, phone a therapist. That's probably the best choice. (laughs) Uh, Do whatever you have to do, but just please be there for yourself. You know, we're, a lot of us are in a state, in a place where we don't have others constantly looking out for us. We're not children anymore. Some of us, some of you may be, I don't know our ages, but nevertheless, we don't have that parent or that guardian or figure there watching, you know, like, oh, does Susie look a little too thin or is she eating or, hey, like you're acting cranky ever since you started this, this part of dieting, whatever it is. Like we don't always have those people there to check in and check in with us. So you have to do that for yourself. You have to be there for yourself. How do you truly feel? What's your quality of life? Because we are meant for so much more than just eating and working out and striving to change our bodies. We are meant to live life fully and freely, present in the moment and not consumed and sucked in to our thoughts by the nuances of diet culture and health and all the noise out there. We deserve more than that. We deserve to be free from it and just live our own fucking life. Like, I, 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 I am just... I I think I needed to record this episode. I think I needed this reminder because I've been in my head lately. So maybe this resonated with you. Maybe it didn't. Maybe you think I'm wild and crazy for thinking these things. (laughs) Maybe you don't understand. I don't know. But either way, I know, I know, I know. This episode will resonate with someone. And hopefully it gets you thinking. Hopefully it inspires you to take action in some way. Maybe it helps you understand someone in your life, but either way, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel strongly about this subject and topic, and I just hope, hope, hope. I don't know why I'm repeating all my words. Maybe I'm getting tired, but I just really hope this episode gets to the people that needs it. And so if that's you, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to support you if you have a thought or if you're struggling or if you need advice. Obviously not an expert in any means, never even went to college, but I have been through a lot and I have a lot of resources I can extend you to. So just know I am here. Even if you just need a you know, person on the internet to spill your thoughts to and then you know, never, never check in again. I don't know. Whatever you need, I'm here if I can do it. So that being said, I'm going to wrap this up and get some sleep, but I hope y'all enjoyed or at least got some thinking out of it and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.